Welcome to Trending Health, where we provide you with valuable insights and perspectives on the evolving healthcare industry. Brought to you by Dynamic, Trending Health explores industry topics that are real, relevant, and worth discussing. I'm your host, Jen Burke. In the United States, the majority of employers choose to pay for some or even all of their workers' health services directly from their own funds, a concept known as self-funding. Historically, these employers relied on their health plan partners to manage costs, but affordability concerns over the last few decades have driven employers to become increasingly active in managing their healthcare strategy directly. I'm joined today by Dynamics' Kirsten Meisterling and health plan head of sector, Sara Brumann, to discuss the latest trends when it comes to self-funded employers and what it could mean for their health plans partners. Before we dive in, Kirsten, can you give our listeners a brief background on yourself and some of the work you've done with self-funded employers? Thanks, Jen. Prior to joining Dynamic, I worked with two of the largest insurance brokerages in the world, and we were consulting with employers around their health and welfare benefits. I worked with a range of employers from health systems, life sciences, higher education, all sorts of industries. But generally, I worked with primarily large employers, up to 200,000 employees. And as you can imagine, when they're that size, they have such a significant healthcare spend up to hundreds of millions of dollars. So because this is such a big line item on organizations' P&Ls from a benefit standpoint, specifically medical and prescription drug, much of my work focused in that particular area around healthcare strategy and cost management. I partnered with a large ecosystem of vendors while doing that, health plans, PBM, digital tech, et cetera. And it was a very interesting time to be in consulting with employers on healthcare strategy because they'd really evolved from many of the traditional cost management tactics to more progressive or innovative approaches. Thanks, Kirsten. We know that self-funding isn't necessarily something new to this industry, but Sarab, why are we interested in talking about self-funded employers right now? You're absolutely right. Employer needs have certainly been of interest for some time, but our point of view is that the cost pressures for employers and responding to unaddressed needs will take on even more of a priority this year. Along with fully insured commercial markets, they represent a priority customer segment and employers are growing increasingly demanding of their health plan partners for outcomes, especially in cost and affordability. So there's a few flavors to how this pressure is playing out. Uh, For some industry segments that are more sensitive to the broader macro economic climate, cost sensitivity is a much more pronounced priority area for them to focus on. On the other end of the spectrum, for those industries still in growth mode, talent acquisition and retention is a focus. So competitive benefits are a part of the equation and employers are more interested than ever in ensuring affordability. I think what we've also seen is that there's just a greater substitution effect, if you will, of traditional health plan services. And I think that's really evidentiary of the fact that employers are seeking alternative solutions to meet their objectives. I'm thinking of examples like the explosion of virtual care solutions. For a while, employers were going direct to those solutions, not through their health plan. Another example would be carving out health plan customer service and care management functions through navigation and concierge services. Yet another is direct contracting with providers and so on. There's just a number of different examples 
of employers kind of curving out those traditional health plan services, seeking greater value. In addition, I think we've also seen that employers are just exhausting traditional tactics. One example that comes to mind is high deductible health plans. About 10 years ago, it was all the rage. Everybody started adding them. Some employers, the most progressive, went full replacement. Now we're seeing employers actually start to pull that back and say, no, affordability for our employees is a greater concern. And high deductible health plans didn't work. We just cost shifted onto our employees. We didn't really improve consumerism and we didn't really lower costs materially for consumers overall. Essentially, the traditional health plan business model is under threat. And really, I think it must evolve to meet employer needs. I tend to agree, Kirsten. We touched on it a little bit in our convergence episode, right? This need for health plans to evolve their business model. And a lot of them are different points on that maturity curve. Some plans have done it, but there are certainly those that haven't. And I think even for those that have started, there's a lot more to be done to really capture the true value from that evolution. And again, I think Kirsten did a great job of talking about how the carve-outs are really playing out in the market. It, again, it's just reinforcing the fact that health plans can, can't anymore just focus on those traditional blocking and tackling type of support that they've provided to employers, such as claims payment, provider network management, member service and call center activities, because health plans are no longer just the payers. We've seen it throughout the industry, both from a national side, as well as some of the regional payers, that more and more payers are viewing themselves as health service organizations and really looking to position themselves to address the needs of the customers in a much more holistic manner to manage the cost and member experience. So through this vertical consolidation and partnerships playing out, and, and given how critical a strategy is across this industry, we believe that both from the regional side as well as the national payers, this is going to become more and more of an emphasis. Absolutely. Health plans have been aggressively making moves. And I remember seeing a slide for one of our clients, actually, with their complex ecosystem, with the health plan in the middle, and then just what seemed like hundreds of vendors around it. What is yet to be seen, I think, from my perspective and the employer perspective, is the true value of this vertical consolidation. Many health plans are still in kind of the early phases and are aggressively in that acquisition partnership mode. But still, many of those vendors are bolt-ons, if you will. In other words, an employer could purchase a virtual care offering. And maybe that's great from a seamless contracting standpoint, but otherwise that care experience is not really integrated into the health plan experience. You made a great point, Kirsten, that amid this feeding frenzy or this acquisition mode from the health plans, right? There's maybe a lack of a clear value story that's being told. So when you think of value, Kirsten, like what are employers really looking for? There's sort of three areas that are evergreen, if you will, and always top of mind. And those are cost and affordability, access and quality of care, and the simplification of the healthcare experience, not only for employees, but also for employers. And related to that vertical integration and the simplification of the healthcare experience, 
think employers are very concerned now more than ever about the fragmentation in the healthcare ecosystem, so much that it's created this new market for vendors like Accolade and Quantum and others that play in that navigation and concierge space. Employer concerns are growing because of this explosion of virtual care. When I was working in this space, employers had, you know, a Livongo for diabetes, a Hinge Health for musculoskeletal, another vendor for infertility, and then another for mental health. And you can see kind of this ripple effect of the ecosystem, and it becomes very confusing for employers. Generally, those vendors are also not well integrated with bricks and mortar providers or the health plan. So employers are concerned with, am I getting the value of all these solutions? Are people engaging with those? And what services are are being duplicated? So as health plans become the aggregators of vendors and providers, they really have this tremendous opportunity to address that fragmentation that exists today. And that's where we see the health plan business model experimentation really playing out. Again, We've heard some of the challenges so far in this episode about what employers are facing. Health plans are just a little bit further along than employers, but they need to be able to take advantage of that head start in the consolidation and the aggregation of some of these vendors that Kirsten just laid out. They have to make sure that that's incorporated and spotlighted for their employer clients. And we've seen examples of this play out in industries and certainly have helped a number of clients in executing integration of these business model decisions in an effective way to, again, all in the hope of providing more robust solutions to their employer clients. Sarab, I think that approaching this integration in a thoughtful way is really critical as these health plans are reimagining themselves into these health service organizations not only because they want to present this really simplified experience to their employer customers and those employers' employees, but often because these health plans are integrating players that are from sectors that are not core to their traditional health plan business. They need to really reflect on how do they integrate them? How do they consider their different models of business and how it integrates into their own And does that mean that they have to go outside to look for expertise to support that integration? Beyond simplification, I want to dive a little bit into that other priority area that you mentioned earlier, Kirsten, cost and affordability. Historically, health plans have been really focused on network discounts. And when working with my former employer clients, when we were considering making a change in health plan partnership, First and foremost, the network discounts had to be strong. If not, there was really no more discussion. However, in the future, with consolidation, the work that's being done in transparency and the continued push towards paying for value, I expect the discount position to be much less of a focus. Health plans will really need to demonstrate their ability to manage costs holistically. With a more vertically integrated business model, they'll be in a really unique position to control more of that cost now that they have the health plan, the reimbursement side, and the provider side of the equation. As we're talking about affordability and the ability to manage costs, I think this is a good time to talk through how virtual care kind of plays into the mix. Many employers have made investments in virtual care, just as health plans have. 
and are wondering how can how should they evaluate those investments and have they achieved the return that they expected to obtain this far along in the process? And I think this is important because health plans can help evaluate these virtual care partnerships in, in a way that I think many employers could find value. One example that comes to mind is work that we helped support as a health plan was thinking through their go-to-market and product strategy for delivering mental health services. Through a market assessment, product strategy, and outcome assessment, the recommendation that we came up with certainly leveraged virtual care as an option and came through as a way to deliver more value. But other areas that came through in our recommendation included additional provider identification to provide those same type of services in a traditional brick and mortar type of setting. It also included greater benefit coverage for these services. So mixing in the virtual care as well as other more traditional health plan offerings, I think can certainly come in and helping out from a mental health strategy, but more broadly reinforces the need to assess virtual care, not just on its own, but how it plays to other services being offered. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I do think that this is really an area that employers have been focused on. And so often I think the Band-Aid approach in mental health has been just throw a virtual solution at it. But really, we do need to be looking at it more holistically. And if health plans can share that value with employers, that definitely enriches their value. It's also a great segue into kind of the last macro trend, if you will, for employers, access and quality of care. In 2023, employers will really double down in mental health, as we know. In addition, we're seeing a lot of movement in primary care. All sorts of innovative strategies are ongoing in that space. There just continues to be that focus on right care, right place, right time, through steerage, network innovation, and virtual or other point solutions. But we will see that emphasis in primary care and mental health. Related to access and quality, employers have been so laser focused on health equity, really specific though to their health plan. Are they making sure that all the same individuals can get the right level of care? And it's no longer just about are we offering the same copay for everybody? They're really evolving and expanding their focus in social determinants of health and health equity beyond just that healthcare lens. Absolutely. So, so work that comes to mind is support we provided to a health plan and prioritizing the information they have regarding social determinants of health. Think housing-related information, food insecurity, etc. and developed a partnership strategy with community-based organizations to support those SDOH initiatives. I think bringing those learnings to employer groups is something that health plans should certainly look to prioritize because we know that they're a high priority for many self-funded employers. It sounds like when it comes to addressing those things that are most top of mind for employers, you know, cost and affordability, access and quality of care, and simplification of the healthcare experience, that health plans really have a lot of knowledge and direct experience that they can bring to the table and potentially leverage to provide value to their employer clients. How do you think that health plans should be engaging with employers to really convey this? I think as it relates to health plans defining their pitch for employers in these areas, they should think about what is their product strategy and why, most importantly, how does that align with employer objectives? 
And how does the health plan differentiate itself in meeting those employer objectives? I will say, I think this podcast is really great timing because now is the time that especially large employers, they're thinking about their 2024 healthcare strategy. So they're having these conversations, not only with their brokerage or consulting partner, but also their health plan partners. So it's a great time for health plans to think about how are we meeting employer objectives and reflecting these 2023 trends and focus areas for employers. And lastly, this is also great timing because this is also when many employers issue those RFPs to health plans. So it's a great time to revisit those kind of standard stock responses and pitch decks and reflect those employer objectives and trends so that the health plan is in the best position to respond to those needs. To that end, in ensuring that health plans have the right actions in mind, refreshing their go-to-market and product strategy to ensure that it involves with industry trends that were covered on this podcast. But in addition to that, their general customer needs, that's probably utmost importance for health plans to think through. And while going through that process, I think that many, many may be surprised to find not just capabilities that they need to build out to meet employer needs, but they certainly could also find areas or lines of business that they need to cut back support on. We're fresh off of, you know, a headline that came out just today around Humana looking to shed their employer group commercial business, which is certainly a dramatic shift. And we're not thinking that many health plans will go that far down the path. But I think it's a good example that's fresh in the headlines of a health plan kind of doing the cost benefit analysis and realizing that employer demands may not match up with what their company goals are and and where they feel their market strategy is. So whether you're pulling back or we've also worked with clients that are doubling down on their strategy and, and thinking about how can they expand their footprint from a TPA perspective as to what markets they can support going forward. So going through this exercise, going through the process of reviewing the go-to-market and product strategy, I think could really help and nail down where within the spectrum of maturity uh, a health plan lays and, and figure out whether they should kind of continue to invest in self-funded offerings or perhaps even scale back or cut down. Well, thank you so much, Kirsten and Seb, for taking the time to talk with us today. With self-funded employers becoming an increasingly competitive market segment, it's clear to me that those health plans that can address employers' unmet needs through their go-to-market strategy will definitely have the competitive advantage. And for our listeners interested in learning more about this topic, stay tuned for our forthcoming insight on Binamic.com later this quarter. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Trending Health. For links to resources discussed in the episode, to subscribe to the Trending Health podcast, and to explore if Binamic can help your company manage ongoing healthcare industry change, visit trendinghealth.com. Tune into the next episode where we look forward to providing you with more insights on the healthcare industry.